Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate that. Kevin said it probably better than I could, so I appreciate you sharing. And thanks for our worship team leading this morning. And it's good to see all of you here. Thanks for being here on this Sunday. I wanted to kind of give you an update. We have a, a team in Spain, as well as we had a team in Mexico last month, uh, five people in Spain. I've been texting with Jerry a little bit, which is kind of fun when he's in Barcelona. He texted me yesterday that they are working in a church in Barcelona that reaches out to Muslim immigrants, which is really cool. And he said to tell you that he's now fluent in Spanish and Arabic. <laughs> That's not true. We did actually text, but he, he is not fluent in Spanish and Arabic. I can, I can uh, vouch for that. Well, today, after hearing about Mexico, we continue on in our study of True North. We are following God in our beliefs, our practices, and in our character. And so these last few weeks, we've been talking about character traits that we could grow in, things that kind of Kevin talked about, like humility, faithfulness, last week, self-control, and then today, gentleness. Now, these four things are really similar, but they're good because they're similar in the way that we can grow to be more uh, like Jesus in our actions and in who we are. So we're going to study gentleness today and look at it in some different ways. And for that, we have two passages which mention gentleness. The first is Matthew 11, and the second is Philippians 4. This is God's Word. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then from Philippians 4, verses 2 through 9. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, on this Sunday again, as we have sung songs and prayed prayers and talked about different things, now as we look at your word, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So gentleness, that's a character trait for today. We're going to learn about, we're going to talk about But some people might have a problem with gentleness when you think about it because some people think it might be uh, being weak or a pushover. And I think a lot of times as Americans, we want to be strong and independent. But author and pastor Chuck Swindoll, famous guy, you may have heard of him, this is what he says about gentleness. 
In our rough and rugged individualism, we think of gentleness as weakness, being soft and virtually spineless. Not so. Gentleness includes such enviable qualities as having strength under control, being calm and peaceful when surrounded by a heated atmosphere, emitting a soothing effect on those who may be angry, and possessing tact and gracious courtesy that causes others to retain their self-esteem and dignity. So he's saying it's not about being weak or being a pushover. It's being, having strength under control, calm and peaceful, and having tact and gracious courtesy. So when we read the scriptures, we certainly read that Jesus is both strong and gentle. In many ways, he is no uh, pushover. A couple of ways he is strong and gentle, he corrects the disciples. He even tells them a couple of times that they have little faith. He even tells Peter once when Peter is challenging him. He says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. And then Peter denies later uh, knowing Christ three times, but Jesus restores him. And if you know the story, he restores him very gently saying, Peter, do you love me? Jesus is strong with people who get in God's ways. He denounces the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And as I was thinking about this week, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a religious leader. I don't want to be like the Pharisees. What are they doing? What's wrong with them? He actually calls them a brood of vipers, and I don't want to be called a snake. It's because they're choosing legalism over grace. They're choosing laws over people instead of caring for people, where Jesus cares for people over laws. He's on the side of grace and gentleness. So Jesus is both strong and gentle. He's strong enough to carry our burdens and be gentle at the same time. So I want to look at Matthew 11 passage just for a moment here, this famous passage which we read uh, just a minute ago. Jesus says again, "'Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.'" Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I chose that passage today because it has the word gentle right there in the middle, but it was hard for me to notice until I looked at it in that way because maybe like you, maybe not, but I've read or heard this passage probably hundreds of times and I've very rarely, if ever, focused on the word gentle in this passage. I mean, Jesus says, you know, come to me. You are weary and burdened. And I said, like, well, I can bring my burdens to Jesus. He'll give me rest. He says, take on his yoke. It means we can put on the way of Jesus. We can follow Jesus, that his way is better than our way. But right there in the middle, he says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And that is the way that he can carry our burdens and tell us to come to him in a time of need. Jesus shows his gentleness uh, with Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Now, Zacchaeus is the hated tax collectors, the people in his town. They're speaking against him in this short little story in Luke 19 because he takes money from other people. Not only is he a tax collector, but he's probably skimming off the top, and he's, he oversees other tax collectors, it says. And instead of Jesus really calling him out and rebuking him, Jesus says, come down out of that tree, Zacchaeus. I'm coming to your house today. He approaches the situation with gentleness, and he goes to Zacchaeus' house, which is a great honor 
to be a guest in someone's house. And so Zacchaeus probably responding, we don't have the full story, but probably responding to Jesus' gentle way that he comes to him, responds that he's repenting from his sin and he's going to repay back like four times over of everything that he has taken. So Jesus is both strong and gentle, even with Zacchaeus. So how do we cultivate gentleness? How do we cultivate um, gentleness? Where it says in Philippians 4, let your gentleness be evident to all. Well, what's the context there? And again, this is right in the middle, just like the Matthew 11 passage, the gentleness is right in the middle of that, where Jesus says, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. In this Philippian passage, um, Paul has a lot of teaching and admonition, and the gentleness part is right in the middle of that. Now, I think this passage, when we look at the other admonitions, the other teachings that Paul does, it helps tell us and explain to us how we can be gentle. And we can do that by focusing on God. If we roll it all into one piece, it's focusing on God. So right at the start of this Philippians 4 passage, he's urging two friends named Euodia and Syntyche who are in conflict to get along with each other. And he says there's a third person who he doesn't name to help them to get along. And we're all going to face conflict in life. We're all going to be in times where we, we don't agree. But when we focus on God, when we approach the conflict with gentleness, when we can speak the truth in love, uh, we can deal with conflict. So that's the first part there in Philippians 4. If we look down to Philippians 4, verse 4, he says, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. You might say, well, that's a common thing. But if you read in Philippians, Paul talks about rejoicing over and over again. And the secret is, is that Paul's writing this from prison in Rome. And so Paul's writing from prison to tell people, the church in Philippi, to rejoice. So one of the ways we can be gentle is to not to focus on the bad things in life, but to focus on God and to rejoice in Him, to have our joy in Him, to put our joy in Him. And so when we do that, then it's easier to be gentle. Paul says in verse 6, another famous verse, don't worry or don't be anxious, but pray. He's not saying don't worry, be happy. It's not that simple. He says, don't worry, don't be anxious, but instead pray. And when you do, let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. Be thankful and tell God what your worries are. Tell God what your concerns are. And when you do that, he says, you'll get peace. He says, a peace that passes understanding. And I was trying to think about and I've thought about a lot. What does that mean? And I'll take a shot at it. I think it means an inner peace from trusting in God, from finding our joy in God, a feeling of this too shall pass. And I remember earlier this year, I was talking with a Christian friend about something I was worried about. And one of his many comments, one of the things he said, Scott, this too shall pass. This is only going to last a short time. Go back to God and pray about it and ask God to help you in that. And so when we have that sense that God has it, it's in his control. As Jesus says, we can come to him when we are weary and burdened. We can bring him our burdens. In the same way Paul says, bring your prayers, bring your concerns, bring your anxiety to him. And through him, when, by focusing on God, you can have peace. He says in verse 8, to think on good things, to put in your mind things that are good, pure, excellent, worthy of praise, um, admirable. He says we need to put in our minds good things. And so when you think about it, when we're putting in our minds things that are not godly, 
Um, it might make us more like those things. But when we're putting in our mind things that are good, that are admirable, things that are praiseworthy, things that are joyful, it helps us to live that way and to think that way and to focus more on God, and then we can be gentle. And then right in the middle of that passage, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. And so we are called to be gentle and have gentleness uh, because Jesus is gentle. So again, Jesus said, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. So Kevin talked about our Mexico trip. We went, uh, it was about a week before Easter, and it was a great trip. And, and one of the things that I saw as well as some of the things that Kevin saw there really was a sense of gentleness. And uh, so each year when we've gone, we've gone the last four years with different people here from ZPC and some other people in a couple of different churches. And uh, we get to make home visits to some families. And, and the ministry, faith ministry that we go with, they pick about five different families that they know are, and, and most of the people there are, some, some more than others, but some are in very desperate poverty. And we get to take a little gift bag of like some flour and rice and beans, things that they can use that can, they can make stretch and go a long way. Now the food's going to run out, but it's in a sense it's taking them a little gift of hope. And we get to stop by their house for maybe 10 minutes and meet them and take some groceries and pray with them. So not this year, but last year when we were there, my family, we got to stop at a home that had two little boys. And as we got out, um, the two people from faith ministry that were walking with us kind of told us their story. And so it was a grandmother standing there with two boys, and they tell us uh, as we're, we're meeting with this family that the mother and father are no longer there, that one of them had died, I forget which, but one of the parents had died and the other parent had left. And so the grandmother is now, uh, in her late 60s, we find out, is raising these two boys to about ages 10 and 12. And we get to meet them, and their, their names are Brian and Brandon. Their uncle's helping them as well. There's a picture of the boys. This is actually from this year, but Brian and Brandon. And you can kind of see they were just boys that were just respectful, and they were joyful, and they had a gentleness about them. And because of the way that they just treated us and their grandmother treated us, it just drew us to them. And so this year, as we prayed about it, we were able to uh, sponsor them, kind of like a child sponsorship, like you could check out at the compassion table this morning that's out in the gathering space, or that we can do child sponsorships through faith ministry down in Reynosa. So we were able to sponsor them, the younger boy actually on the, on the, in the picture in the green, and that's Brandon. And so that pays for a school uniform, some school supplies, and if there's money left over, the grandmother can buy food. So this year, we got to go spend time with them. This is a picture from this year. We were there, got to play some basketball and spend time with them. And we got to share with them some shoes and clothes. And if you notice, Brandon, look close. He's wearing a Zionsville youth soccer outfit, which we gave to him. So we gave to him. He came back the next day wearing that, which was really, really cool. So that was a gift from somewhere here, someone here in town in Zionsville. So these boys exuded a sense of gentleness and hope and joy, and it reflected back to us that we wanted to be gentle and joyful and hopeful with them. And we got to spend some time with the boys and their grandmother and uncle and pray with them. And here's us with uh, the Shelton family and the boys. And you can see Brandon in his school uniform, which the sponsorship helps pay 
for his school uniform. But we have learned after going for many years to Reynosa, Mexico, that as Kevin said, we can't fix everything. And another thing we've learned is that we can't impose our American ways of doing things or, or coming in as honestly as the rich Christian Americans to fix everything because it's too overwhelming. But we can come with gentleness and treat people as, uh, as they are loved by God, they're made in God's image, they're just like us, and we, in a week's time, can become friends with them. And a lot of that comes with gentleness. So for this family, the grandmother here, things have not gone well for this family. You know, they, she's raising these two boys that really should be raised by the parents, but she seems to handle it with grace. Now, how do we handle difficult situations when things don't go well? How do we handle those things with gentleness? And I was, as I was looking about that this week, Pastor Cynthia Fantasia said this, the fruit of gentleness, must be, it must be seen in your attitude, in your behavior, in your conversation, especially when things don't go the way you want them to. Your spouse will disappoint you. Your boss will rub you the wrong way. Don't I know that with Jerry? No, no, okay, so. So I hope he listens to that and hears that. Your spouse will disappoint you. Your boss will rub you the wrong way. Your kids will disobey. Your friends will betray you. Even your church will fail you at times. There will be times when you will be right and everyone else will be wrong, or at least you think that. What will you do? Will you come out fighting or will you respond honestly and humbly using words sprinkled with grace and gentleness? And that's the choice we should make. So we've talked about a couple of passages here that talk about gentleness, but how do we cultivate a sense of gentleness? So I'd like to take a shot at that by telling you three things that I practice and I try and I don't do them all the time, but I think they can help us and they really come uh, as well, especially this first one from Philippians 4. Three things that we can do that help us to be gentle. First, we can focus on God. We can focus on God. As Paul says, we rejoice in God. We pray when we are anxious. We gain our peace from God. We focus on godly things and our thoughts. And then we let our gentleness be evident to all in the way that we treat people. We go to Jesus who can handle our things, who can handle uh, when we are weary or burdened, for he is gentle. And when we focus on God, we can be gentle as well. So that's first. Number two, see people the way that Jesus sees them. See people the way that Jesus sees them. Jesus says, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Oftentimes when we look at Jesus, he's challenging people like the Pharisees, but the people who are hurting, who are sick, who are lepers, he reaches out and he touches them. Uh, the people who have illnesses, he heals them. The people who need help, he helps them. And when people are struggling, he finds ways to reach out to them with gentleness. Even in this passage, Dale Bruner, a Bible commentator, says, when Jesus says, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, his words are simple and personal and gentle. So we see people the way that Jesus sees them. It helps us to respond with gentleness. And third, pray for people by name. Pray for people by name. So we're all going to fail in being gentle. 
we're going to lose our tempers, we're going to get frustrated, we're going to get agitated, we're going to be selfish, we're going to raise our voices, we're going to say things we wish we hadn't, and then we have a hard time taking them back. But when those things happen, here's a little trick that I use, and really it's more of a practice than a trick, but it's kind of fun to call it a trick, is that I pray for people by name, and I don't always do this, and I don't always do it well. When I'm, when I'm struggling with someone, or I've had a conflict with someone, once I calm down, if I can pray for them by name, and pray for good things, not for bad things to happen to them. If I can pray for someone by name, if I can close my eyes and picture their face and say, God, help them. I don't know what they're dealing with, or maybe I do know what they're dealing with. And God, I want you to reach out and help them. I pray that, God, that you would take care of what their needs are. And what you find is when you do that, it softens your heart. And then the next time you see them, the next time you interact with them, you're able to respond more with kindness and gentleness because you have been praying for them. So we focus on God, we see people the way Jesus does, and we pray for them by name. Tony Campolo is an author and a writer who spoke at ZPC many years ago, I think around 15 years ago. He's a master storyteller, and I wanted to take one of his stories and share it with you. Tony Campolo was a professor. I believe he's retired now. He's a little bit older. He's a professor, was a professor in graduate studies at Eastern University. And one year as a graduate professor, he had two young men studying under him. Now, one of the young men uh, was an atheist. And uh, Campolo says he was brilliant and he was really good at his arguments if he argued with you. And he had a roommate. And the roommate was a Christian. So he had an atheist and a Christian who were roommates. And he said the Christian was a nice guy. So he wasn't as brilliant. So Campolo was a little worried about them because he thought as they roomed together for a whole year in graduate school that the atheist would find a way to argue the Christian into giving up his faith. So the end of the year came and Campolo was talking to the young man who was an atheist or who had been an atheist who had now become a Christian. And Campolo said he was surprised, even shocked. And so he said something like this to the young man, I thought the two of you would argue about your Christian faith, and I thought you would win the arguments. So what happened? And the man who had been atheist said, we did argue, and I won the arguments. And he said, so how did you become a Christian? And he said, well, I would win the arguments, and then my roommate would go on treating me with kindness, caring for me, even the time when I got very sick, he went to the store and got food and got medicine, and he cared for, my, cared for me, and he just kept loving me. He just kept treating me well. And I realized what he was saying about Jesus' love, that he was truly living it. And he lived, if he lived what Jesus said, then it must be true. So I believed. So by being gentle, and kind by sharing gentleness and kindness, the Christian young man had won over his roommate, now his friend. So when we are walking with God, we can live with gentleness as well. We can be gentle when we focus on God. We can be gentle when we see people the way that Jesus sees them. And we can be gentle when we pray for them by name. Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, for I am gentle. Let us pray.
Lord, even on this day, we come to you again. Lord, some we know in this room feel weary and burdened. Lord, we can feel weary and burdened even by the world, even on a normal week. And some of us have probably not had a normal week, but a difficult week or even a difficult year. We pray now those, for those, God, in this room who feel weary and burdened, God, that they can come to you again and to your son, Jesus, who welcomes us into his presence. And then, God, even for those of us who are not weary and burdened, help us to come to you. God, help us to focus on you, as Paul says, to give you our anxiety, our prayer requests, to give you our thanks and our praise, to rejoice in you, and to receive your peace. And help us to be gentle, because you are gentle. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.